Well, it's great to be with you this morning, and it's an honor to be able to share God's word with you. You know, the Chinese zodiac calendar identifies years by 12 different animals. You got the year of the ox, year of the rat. How would you like to be born that year, the year of the rat? I was born in the year of the snake. I hate snakes. <laughs> year of the tiger. If you were given the task to identify with one word the year of 2020, what word would you pick? I doubt most of us would pick the word peace. Rioting, crazy politics, COVID, the economy. Maybe some of you have lost jobs. With the wildfire fires, we've got the hurricanes. It's been a crazy year. For most of us, probably one of the most unsettling years we've experienced. The year 2020, the year of peace? I don't think so. Before Jesus left, he offered the disciples something very significant. He said, my peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. The next few years for the disciples were not going to be a picnic. I mean, some of them would be arrested. Most of them would be in jail. Many of them would be killed. Peace, Jesus offers them. I mean, really, peace? And yet, as the world watched these followers of Christ endure, and how they endured with such calmness and strength and peace, it got the world's attention that this Jesus thing was real. Jesus offers us that peace. Have you been experiencing that peace this year? Have you been able to live out of the strength of that peace this year? Have you been able to offer that to those around you as we've gone through this crazy, crazy year. I want us to look at a passage in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, so I encourage you to turn your, your Bibles there with me, where Paul writes about this peace. He writes about this peace that we can have in Christ. And he challenges the believers there, and he challenges us with five choices that we can make on a regular basis that will either help us to tap into this peace that Christ offers or may put up roadblocks that we don't experience it at all. So if you could follow along as I read Philippians chapter 4, and I'll begin with verse 2, and we'll just read uh, through verse 9. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal look, fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, put into practice and look at the promise. The God of peace will be with you. Five choices. Here's choice number one. Choose to pacify and not wage war on others. I mean, life is filled with conflicts, right? It's inevitable. You're going to have conflict with someone. But, but what are you going to do when you have that conflict? To pacify means that you, you minimize it. You, you, try to, you try to work with it and compromise and find ways that you can agree on things and not let it destroy. That you choose not to wage war. I call this relational peace. You know, because when you're having a conflict in your life, it doesn't just stay there, does it? I mean, if you're having a conflict with someone at work, it's so easy then to bring it at home and just start spewing at everybody at home. And they're like, what in the world happened today? Or maybe you're having a conflict with someone at home. You know, it's hard to just keep it there. You, you bring it to your work and you start, you know, just being irritating to your coworkers or your classmates. Peace. Peace that Christ brings us. Paul addresses the situation here in the Philippian church. Apparently, the two of the leading women <laughs> were having trouble getting along. Eudia means sweet smell. Syntica, the name, means friendly. Well, we don't know much about their conflict, <laughs> but we know they weren't being very sweet smelling and friendly toward each other. We know that they're genuine believers. Their names are in the book of life. They help Paul in the church and in the ministry. But whew, things were pretty smelly right now. Can you imagine if you, if you heard one of the elders said, hey, we've got a letter from Paul. Let's get together and let's read it. They start reading it. And, you know, Utica's on this side of the, you know, the, the, the you know, church. And, and Cynthia's over here with her kind of entourage and her supporters. And, and they're reading it, you know, chapter one. Yeah, amen. You know, pr preach it. Chapter 2, you know, praise God, you know, until they get to chapter 4. And all of a sudden they hear their names being spoken. You know, they couldn't crawl under the pews. They didn't have any. But uh, maybe they could have crawled under their shawls or something. You know, Paul doesn't write to embarrass them, but, but to highlight, hey, this is important. I mean, they are forever in God's word. But Paul says this is a crucial issue, not only just for your relationship and experiencing the peace of Christ, in your own life and together, but it's impacting the church and maybe even the cause of Christ. For Christ came not only to bring us peace with God, but, but peace with others, to break down the barriers that divide. He sends us his spirit to bring the fruit of peace and gentleness and kindness and love toward one another. And so Paul begs Pleads with both of them. He uses the word twice in this, this short verse. Plead with you to plead with you. And, and, and invites the, those who are mature in the church to kind of help them out. 
You know, I read about a church in Kentucky that was painted two different colors. The reason was the group's people kept fighting for years on what to paint the church until finally they both got their ways. They painted the church two different colors. I mean, you guys painted your half, you painted our half. What's interesting is the response of the surrounding community. They wondered if they can't even get along with each other about paint color, what good is the gospel? That's pretty significant, isn't it? You know, we live in a time where, man, there's just such divisiveness and, and hatred and anger and angst. If we have the followers of Christ can display the peace of Christ to one another, we may get someone's attention that they can see what good is the gospel. Well, it seems to be pretty powerful in their lives. Maybe it can do something in mine. The second choice, I choose to praise and not whine. Ooh, that's a toughie, isn't it? I choose to praise and not whine. Look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Oh, why do you have to put that word in there? And he repeats himself. Again, I say, rejoice. Choose to rejoice. So this is a short command. This may be one of the most difficult. I mean, really? Rejoice in 2020? Are you kidding me? Maybe you've seen a similar cartoon with a person with uh, you know, a 2020 t-shirt on that says, please don't ask me to have a nice day. Or perhaps you identify with W.C. Fields who uh, once said, I start each day off with a smile and get it over with. Maybe that's kind of how you felt. You know, one little quick smile and that's it for 2020. I have to admit, you know, if you, if you throw a piece, pity party, you know, just get your favorite junk food and just, you know, pig out and just have a pity party. It feels good for a little bit, doesn't it? For a little bit. But that doesn't bring the peace of Christ. Rejoice. Have you ever tried to stain a fiberglass door? Anybody? I had that experience last week. You know, fiberglass is different than wood. I'm used to working with wood. You know, wood and absorbs, and you can kind of work with it and kind of mess with it. Well, fiberglass door doesn't absorb the stain, so you have to use a gel stain. So basically, you kind of just, you put it on thick, and then you just kind of, you just gently, ever so gently, just kind of work it, you know, so it has a nice grain. But here's the rule. You can never go back and try to touch it up. Don't ever. Believe me. You're going to remember this word if, if you try. You try to touch it up because I came back later and I'm like, oh, I had a little bit too extra right there. So I tried to touch it up. Oh, my God. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I couldn't, I couldn't blend it in. It was impossible. So finally, I'm like, okay, that's done. I'm leaving. So, but I couldn't do the little rim around the door. You know, there the, was a raised panel because every time I tried to, you know, go smooth, it would wipe it all off right on that rim. And so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to let everything dry. The next day I'm going to come back and I'm going to touch up that rim. So I did. I went and found, got these little craft brushes, you know, and then I got it. And I thought, well, I'm going to see which brush is going to fit that little groove. And so I, I, I went there and I, I touched, you know, touched the, the, the panel. And I look, it pulled the gel stain 10 hours later off my hand. So I had, you know, you know, when you were a kid, you make those little footprints, you know, with your, with your palm. And then you put your little, you know, the toes marks. Anybody do that? Anybody do that? Well, it looked like I had a footprint right on the middle of my fiberglass door. What was the rule? 
you can't ever go touch it back. I tried. I'm trying to touch it up. It's getting bigger and bigger. So fortunately, even 12 hours later, it's still wet enough. I can, I can wipe the whole thing off, which was crazy. So I had to start over. Didn't look as good, but I did it. I left the room. I thought, I'm not even going to look at you for three days. So I turned the fan on and left. Well, that night, I thought, I'm just going to go peek. I'm just going to peek at it. I went and I peeked. The fan blew the plastic that was under the door on top of the door. So I tried gently to peel it off. It peels the stain all off. I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this the time where I can curse the day I was born? <laughs> that was a nightmare. Now the stain is more dry <laughs> because I had a fan all day. So I had to try to get this stuff off. Oh. So next time that builder guy says, you know, do you want to stain? Do you want to try to stain and match your stain on the inside? Uh-uh. No. You just pick a stain that's close. I'm going to live with it. That's it. That's it. So I was in such a bad mood. I mean, I was not rejoicing. This was not a rejoice the Lord always. I was not thinking rejoicing songs in my mind. I was whining. I, I, was, I was throwing a big party, a big party. So fortunately, I, had, I was going to start working on my sermon later that night for today. And it was going to initially be Psalm 145, uh, which is a psalm of praise. It's actually called a song in G major. Uh, because it talks about God's attributes in, in the English language. God is great. God is good. God is gracious. God is glorious. So I got to meditate on that psalm for about two hours, which saved my soul. <laughs> I found I could rejoice afterwards. Because here's the thing. Rejoice in 2020, really? Well, let me ask you this. Has anything changed about the character of God in 2020? Has anything changed about God's promises to you in Christ in 2020? Has anything changed about God's grace and his mercy that is new every day in 2020? Has anything changed about what God is wanting to do in you and the fact that he sends his spirit in your life? Has that changed? No. No, that's changed. So Paul says we can rejoice in the Lord. In the things that really, really matter. Because all of that is secure in Christ. The rejoicing pause in mind is not based on outward circumstances, which sometimes can be quite depressing. Where was Paul when he wrote these words? He was in a Roman prison, on trial for his life, with not a whole lot of hope of getting out. Chained between two soldiers, 24 hours a day. Rejoice? The first time Paul went to Philippi, when they preached the gospel there, they were arrested. They were severely flogged and thrown in jail. At midnight in Acts chapter 16, what is Paul and Cyrus doing? Having a pity party? They were rejoicing, singing hymns to God. It's a choice. It's a choice. A choice that we all need to make. A choice to rejoice to praise instead of the wine. And when we do, we find the peace of Christ. Third choice, I choose to be patient and not walk over others. And I kind of consider this like positional peace. Paul writes, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Isn't that kind of interesting? He kind of throws that in, the Lord is near. What, like, how does that relate? I think it's more than the Lord is near, so hey, watch out. Be gentle, right? I think it's more than that. A lot of times we're not gentle because, let's be honest, we got an agenda. We want things our way, what we like. People get in our way. They disrupt us. They bother us. Sometimes we're looking to others for affirmation, for love, and we're not getting it. And so we don't act very gently toward them. Maybe some of you remember the wrestler named Andre the Giant. Anybody remember him? In that classic movie, Princess Bride. Classic movie. He was seven feet four, weighed 500 pounds, immensely strong, and yet quite coordinated for such a big fella. An article where he was interviewed said that in all his life, he never knew what it was like to be physically afraid of anything. He was known to be an incredibly gentle man. He wasn't afraid. He, he, he didn't have to look to other people for, for anything. He had that strength. And I think that's what Paul's getting at here. Jesus is near. When you, when you understand that your strength comes from Jesus, your, your identity comes from Jesus, that, that, that Jesus loves you immensely, when your security comes from him, when your confidence comes from him, then you can offer gentleness to others. You don't have to be rough with them. You don't have to try to get your agenda met through others. Because the Lord is near. Eugene Peterson said, make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Be gentle. Our world needs to see that kind of peace. Gentleness, don't we? Wow. It's so rare. But when they see it, when they see the kind of strength displayed in gentleness, it gets their attention. Choice number four, I choose to pray and not worry. Whew. That's a tough one, isn't it? I choose to pray and not worry. Look at what Paul writes in verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. Where does anxiety come from? Well, it can come from a lot of different things and maybe some histories that we have. Some, you know, we've been hurt or abused or, you know, there's lots of reasons to be anxious. But, but really, kind of when you boil down to it, 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 you know, it comes down to a few things. Sometimes we try to do things on our own and we know that we just don't have the strength to do it. On the other side of that coin is sometimes we're just not sure we can trust God. We're not sure we can trust God. Jesus had peace. Why? Because he trusted his Father. Even First Peter 3, Pastor Matt just preached. Even as he was heading to the cross, it said that he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He entrusted himself. In the short run, you know, things didn't work out great. But in what really mattered, in God fulfilling his plan and his work, 
he entrusted himself. This doesn't mean that things always work out like we think they're going to work out. But the reality is, does God care about you? Does God want what's best for you in the long run? Does God want to truly bring good into your life? Is God faithful? If you're ever struggling in faith, you're just struggling with this, do a little study in the Bible about the word faithfulness and see what it says about God's faithfulness in so many ways in our life. When you can get to the point where you can pray, God, I know you know more than I do. You are more powerful than I am. You have more resources than I, that you are on the throne and you care deeply for me. That's when we experience the peace of Christ. Because you know, when does Paul say with thanksgiving? We say it while we're praying. Not when the request is answered. Not when the, the outcome that we want happens. But while we're praying, because we are praying in this way. Trusting God. And you see the promise that comes with this? It's an amazing promise. The peace of Christ, he said. It's like a military term he uses. Will we'll surround your heart and your mind. The peace of God will guard you. What a beautiful picture. Peace of Christ. The last choice. I chose choose to purify my mind and not wallow in stinking thinking. It's easy to head down that road, isn't it? Stinking thinking. We either stinking thinking about ourselves or about our situation or about our relationship or about other people. Much of what destroys the peace that Jesus wants to offer us is not what's happening around us. It's what's happening between our two ears. That's what's impacting whether we're experiencing the peace of Christ. It, it's not your boss. It's not your spouse, not your kids. It's not the, the driver that's across, you know, on, 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 you know, cutting you off. It's not all those things. It's what's happening right here. We get into a negative pattern of thinking. Sometimes it's just one thing that just sets us off. We hit down the trail path that's just, that's just negative and ugly and destructive and unhealthy. Paul says we have a choice to think about things that are true, pure, praiseworthy, admirable. To, to focus on those things, to make the choice, to allow our minds to be transformed by God's word and God's truth. You know, if you find yourself really just in a pattern of negative thinking, you got to evaluate what's coming into my mind. Because they say garbage in, garbage out. You know, what's coming in? Maybe, maybe the music you're listening to is just always negative. Maybe the, the talk show host you're listening to is always negative. Maybe you listen to podcasts that just are negative. Paul challenges us to allow God's word and the presence of Jesus and God's spirit. Maybe you need to listen to some praise songs or listen to some different podcasts that are uplifting and encouraging and edifying. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We need to run our thoughts by the peace of Christ, by his presence in our life. 
Are the thoughts that I'm thinking now true? Are they lovely? Are they praiseworthy? I read that an average person has 10,000 separate thoughts every day. That's a lot of choices to make, isn't it? You know, working at the the house kind of by myself has has been great, but there's some days something just triggers my thoughts down a bad path. I start thinking just some negative things. You know, especially because my boss, you know, she says uh, pretty much I'm fired. Now that we moved in, I'm fired and and I got to get a real job. (laughs) I'm thinking... I've, you know, I've done ministry for 30 years. What can I do? You know, I start, start these negative thoughts like, I, you know, I don't know what God has for me and what can I even do and what do I have to offer and just, you know, negative, negative, negative. And that's just not healthy. That's not what God wants. That's not where the peace of Christ is. Instead of what is true, what do I know about myself because of what God's word says of who I am and who's created me and that he's working in me and that he's got some plan for me even though I don't know it yet. peace of Christ. Are you experiencing it? Jesus died for you to experience his forgiveness and to have peace with God. He died for you to experience his deep, deep love every day. Paul says this love that we can't even, we can't even compare. For you to experience his spirit in your life, to work in you and to change and to make you into the person that that he wants you to be. A reflection of his image. But he also died for you to experience his peace and to be able to live out of the strength of that peace and to offer that to others. Are you choosing to live out of that peace? Let's pray. Lord, we want to uh, just come to you and uh, Acknowledge, Lord, there's a lot of times we are not rejoicing. A lot of times that we handle our conflicts poorly and pretty much wage war because we're selfish people. Times where we're not rejoicing, even though we are surrounded by your goodness that never changes and you have been so faithful to us in so many ways. And yet we complain. There are many times that we are anxious, Lord, especially this year, 2020. Most of, most of us have probably wrestled with that a lot, being anxious. And we're not coming to you with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Lord, sometimes we fill our minds with just garbage. And we wonder why we're not experiencing this peace that you offered. But Lord, we just pray. Praise you that you are a gracious God and in Christ, nothing's changed. So we celebrate that truth today. And Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ here today or online. Lord, that each of us would would reflect on this passage in Philippians and Lord, make the choices in our life that it would help us to truly experience the peace, your peace that you had with your Father in life that we would experience that. That the world would see the strength of that in our life and that the gospel is powerful. Your presence in our life is precious. The spirit is sweet and your word is so sustaining. 
Lord, thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name.